Today's show is sponsored by Texture. Remember hearing us talk about Next Issue? Well, they've changed their name to Texture. And they've added all kinds of brand new features. So to get your all-access pass to the world's most popular magazines, visit texture.com slash badchristian and sign up for your free trial today. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, blockheads? If there's anything I know that the BC audience likes, it's authenticity. So let me tell you where I'm at. What I got right now is 1.30 in the morning. We are uh, just got done playing the first show of our Emory tour in Detroit, and now we're at a truck stop yeah, somewhere in Michigan. And that's about all I got for you. So let's just kick it right to Toby and Joey and get this going. And, and don't take it the wrong way. I'm not trying to be short with you. I'm just ready to go, maybe get a, you know, I'm probably going to go inside and get a piece of pizza, use the bathroom, maybe check the tire pressure on the, you know, the bus. And then I'm just going to go to bed. I'll probably eat some candy in bed, maybe some chocolate, maybe some sour gummy worms as I fall asleep. But uh, essentially, that's it. I've got nothing else for you guys. I've got nothing to, you know, I have no promotional items or more information or jokes, nothing else. So hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's do it. Ready, Joey? Yeah, I'm ready. I was born ready, man. Three, I, I'm gonna two, die ready. One. I don't like it. I love, love, love it. I don't Uh-oh. like it. You, heard, you even know this song? I don't love huh, You huh. make me sick. Hit it! Pop, 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 pop. We bust some caps so in your good. ass. <laughs> You're singing a love song. I'm trying to go gangster. <laughs> it's the Bad Kitchen Podcast here today. And I know it's going to stay. And if you really like it, let me tell you about something about the guy that Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, it's the bad Christian. It's the bad Christian food cat. Hey, so Toby, I uh, learned some protocol with calling Matt. Protocol, yeah, protocol, yeah. So now it really, Potomac. It, re- it really tickled, Potomac River. <laughs> it really tickled me because I called Matt the other day, and Matt's like, "Hello," and I said, "Hey, Matt, how you doing?" No, I actually said, "Hey, Matt," and I started talking about something. Then I stopped and I said, "How you doing?" Because I, I just, that's just me. And then I started laughing. And he's like, why are you laughing? I was just like, well, because every time I ask you how you're doing, I really do know that you hate that question. Absolutely. You don't really care. And he immediately went right into, why would you ask that? What is the point of it? <laughs> do you really want to know? I mean, he just blasted me. And he, here's, here's my response. And I think it was, I think this is a good response. I was like, what if Bridget had another miscarriage? And I'm just going right into a conversation and Without basically asking to ask him. If that had happened. No, but I didn't come out and say, did Bridget no. have a miscarriage? I said, how are you doing? If, if she would have had a miscarriage, that would have been your time to tell me then. <laughs> and, then you, and, and then you actually said, you're just like, oh, so you would have said, oh, sorry, then move on. I was like, no, the whole conversation would have been oh geared towards gosh. that. Or I would, have, I, I would have talked to you for a little while and then be like, all right, man, I, I'll let you go. And then so Matt said, okay, so you called for two reasons. You called, first of all, to see if anything epic tragically happened in my life or you call and to talk about the whatever podcast the, whatever thing yeah about your podcast whatever well one of those I two just, things That's i can sympathize i can sympathize with your philosophy and your disdain for that question but i can't see how you can't it's, understand it's why superficiality it's a legitimate question. and insincereness is is just so 
apparent to me, and I don't care because the last thing I, I mean, I just that's you called me for a reason. I assume, and I'd be glad to talk about whatever you called about. Well, I don't need so Joey calls and he starts launching into what he wants to ask me, like how do you upload this or download this or count this, whatever, and then he stops himself. He goes, "Wait, how, how are you doing?" <laughs> to which I'm like, I just get back to what you're asking me. You don't need to ask me how I'm doing. First of all, I don't like that question anyway. And I'm not mad when somebody does exchange a pleasant street or like that. So I meet people all the time now at clubs and stuff. And they're like, I know you don't like this small talk, do you? Uh, and I say, well, maybe not. But it's, it's, it's not bad if you don't know the person that has a little bit of a function. But the closer you are to somebody, the less you need them to, to have a superficial uh, small talk to to yeah. work your way into a conversation. I'm fine with my mom, dad, you guys, anybody calling me and saying, just start talking. Like if Devin calls me and says, all right, so in the third verse of this song I was listening to, okay, we can start to whatever it is you want to talk about. I love talking about stuff. Right. And if there was something tragic going on, trust me, I would let you know anyway. It wouldn't be at the prompting of the superficial question. So, all yeah, right, so I'm going to start, it. I'm going to start doing that. Because I'm going to respect you. I'm going to honor my friend. <laughs> but you have to promise me that if something really bad happened, you would tell me. But you can say, hey, how's it going? What's up? And then continue on going I, if that makes you comfortable. But I don't need, you don't need my answer is what I'm saying. Well, I had to make yeah, up I an think answer. For you, for you, Joey, I, think, I don't think you actually really care. You just think that's what you're of supposed to do. Of course he didn't care. He just thought he was supposed to do it, which is fine. Right. But you don't need, all I'm telling him is you don't need to do it for me at least. Some other people might need you to say, how are you doing? And then they say good, but I'd, I'd like to skip those that phrase and the and the response personally. I well, I yeah, I kind of disagree. But moving no, on, you can't disagree that I would prefer to skip that part of it. No, 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 I don't disagree <laughs> with that. I disagree with Toby's comment that I do not care because that to me that's an opportunity for if, if something bad's going on. Like there's time. I mean, do you, do you but, think so? It, that's what you're saying. You go, hey, Matt, I've got something to talk to you about. Pending, there's not there's not something really bad going on. Is that really what you're saying? No, it's I'm talking to my friend and I haven't talked to him for a couple of days. So, hey, is everything good? And a simple yes. You're busy. Right, cool. I'm busy. So you could you could ask me how are you doing, and I could have launched into 20 minutes of boring stuff about my fence that I built and the coffee I'm I drinking. I didn't want to know any of that. I know. So you shouldn't ask the question because that would be the, the I might give you 10 minutes now of stuff that you don't want to hear anyway. Yeah. Well, I would have interrupted you and said, "Dude, I don't want to know okay. this." All right, so you guys have just outdone yourself with releasing a whole LP, uh, your 2005 That's release. That's what I like to talk about. Of yeah. Emery's The Question. Uh, I but am. Hey, before you do that, Joey, how are things going at home? Yeah. <laughs> any, in the last five minutes, have any emergencies uh, occurred in your life since I talked to you earlier today? Uh, you know what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Some stuff has back to the record, <laughs> Matt. Give him a little info on this record, my friend. Well, uh, you you help write it. Well, I tell you what uh, is. The, well, this is awesome that we have the eight bit thing because it's it's like a real release that we have that we work with somebody else on that we that we didn't actually sit down and do. So it feels very satisfying to me to get to listen to the release and this guy named Zarin from Australia. Uh, who who made it for us? All he did was take all the parts that that like we worked on that I arranged and sat there and got 
everything right in the studio 10 years ago, and this guy's got an incredible ear, and he picked out every little guitar note and the bass note and all the kick patterns and got them all right. And and he just nailed it. Like I didn't like maybe it's arrogant or something, but I figured people would have a harder time trying to put to get together and decipher exactly what the, all the harmonies are and the guitar and the left speaker and the right speaker. But he he just got it all. He sequenced it out and he made it in this eight bit form. And it's man, it is so fun to listen to because all the the little details are there. And also we get to do it, and it's going really well. We're getting so many downloads and so many people are uh, choosing to pay for it. And I love it when people take it for free. That's totally awesome. And then some people are choosing to pay for it. And I think that it's averaging close to four or five dollars um, that's awesome, man. For, for a lot of the downloads, really maybe that's cool. not right. Maybe it's less than that. But at, for, at one point um, on the first day, it was like people were average pe- per person was giving like four dollars for it, which is incredible. So awesome. we paid him to do it. He gets a cut of the money, and we get some of the money. And it's awesome. This is it's like so cool that we have the rights to be able to do it legally. You know, because we don't own the masters to the question, <laughs> but the, the their songs are compositions that we came up with. So we own we own we have the we have a co-publishing deal, but we have the ability to be able to repackage those songs in new ways. So it's been really neat. All right. So real quick, I don't want an elaborate answer. I'm going to play um, some under like, you while you're talking. Yeah. So from a technical standpoint, when this guy created, awesome. When he created this stuff, was it starting from scratch, designing these songs with the eight bit, or did he actually take the, product of what you guys released on tooth and nail and converted it like seriously i don't, I don't even don't understand know. your question but what he did was he listens to the parts he figures out what they are and he sequences it into the computer the notes so he picks out with his ear what i played and the and the rhythms and programs them into a computer and then selects the sounds for each out of a bank of sounds that okay you know, belongs so he to created the, it that's what i'm saying yeah. i so in other words, I'm asking like, did he put your songs into a machine, no, so to no, speak? No, he used his ear. Transformed it. No, okay. he, he used his ear wow. to, to make it. That's so cool. it's like it's artistic in a way. Like he selected the notes and what the sounds were and where to place them in the mix and uh, you know all the harmonies and everything. He picked it out with his ear and programmed that it into really, a computer really manually cool. with all the tempo changes and uh, all the style, style, you know all the changes in there. He got everything. He just nailed it. He did such a great job. So I'd love for everybody to download this thing. Yeah, it kind of makes me like, yeah, it's very nostalgic. Like when I was listening to the album, I was like, man, I kind of want to get up my NES and just play and just have some fun. And and it kind of seems like it makes the songs a little bit more like heroic. Yeah. You know, like all the songs you feel like, ah, I'm going to go fly or I'm going to have to attack somebody with a sword. Yeah. In my brain. Oh, so instead of a broken heart thing. Now right. you have this association with Emory that's like adventurous, like whatever it, what yep. happens in it, video games stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, imagery to it. Yeah, I would neat. love for people to ride around their town with the windows down blasting this. That would be my <laughs> dream come true. <laughs> it probably would sound pretty neat on a big system real loud or something like that. Maybe, we'll, I mean, we're out, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's real neat. So, Joey, here's another thing I was thinking about. I, what do you think you This say, part right here is really awesome. It's the screaming. Ah, dad. That's so cool. You know, it'd be neat is to uh, have someone uh, either have video of a real video game or design like a video game and like have this music playing. Like, yeah, somebody emailed me and said they wanted to could make a game somehow out of it. Like, we should make it into a game. I think the guy was saying he could do it or something like that, where we could develop a game, use this music, and it could be something like Joey Pizza Crusher or something like that. You know, (laughs) like just you know, because there's all kind of different games you can make and program and reskin now. So that would be fun. But Joey, you say that the question is one of your 
uh, favorite albums, meaning that you've listened to it a tons of times, right? How many times do you think you've listened to the question real version? Oh my gosh, that's that's my favorite album of y'all. So I guess I don't know. Two hundred times? I don't know. Wow. No, well, two hundred thousand. Two thousand. Well, if you're such a big fan, how about we do something I think would be fun, and I want you to karaoke one of these songs. I'll even let you pick the song, and we'll see if you really know the words or how the song goes. And you'll have the guide track. Well, there. will you do it? I, I'm about to show out, dog. <laughs> you can pick the song if you think you. I want to hear if you can know the lyrics and just you know. I want to hear your. All right, take well, on Toby, it. no, because I think this no will be fun karaoke. You. Yeah, Toby, no offense to you, but I think an easier song for me would be Devin's win-win situation. Well, Toby sings in that a little bit. I'm just saying he didn't <laughs> write this one. This okay. No, um, you know, Devin wrote that song so long ago. He had the, the, the early structure for that probably in 98, 99. The, no way. The, the, the chord... The chord uh, the guitar part that it starts with. We had others. He was fiddling around and came up with that that little guitar, whatever the part is at the beginning, like all the way back in 99, I believe it was. Dang. And eventually turned it into a song for that. All right, Joey, so you, you'll do this? You don't mind? You'll sing in front of everybody? It'll be fun. I don't mind, dude. Dude, you don't know how many times y'all I'm make so fun of me excited. in front of everybody? I'll okay. make fun of myself. I can't see the lyrics. I don't want you to see the lyrics. <laughs> I want you to struggle through it. I've noticed your design. Cause I'm not blind. I'm like a cigarette. Burning, burning. Keep it coming. Every doing good, doing good. Don't let him look at lyrics sheet, Toby. But there's a ash that falls. Just only telephone calls in. Doing good. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. So I'll pray, I'll pray for the words to say to make this miles disappear if we can't sleep <laughs> alone. I'm better He's cheating now. He's Don't cheating. let him cheat. Hide the lyrics from him, please. Keep your eyes closed, Joey. Just hide the lyrics. If you can't sleep. Look, he's gonna open his eyes. He's got his eyes. He's opening his eyes and cheating. <laughs> Close the lyric page. That's enough. Time in seconds or in lifetimes, there's no difference. It's constantly just passing by. It's still terrible. Is the thing. But there's nothing at all. <laughs> oh, you had the lyrics. It's still terrible. <laughs> you, pick job, it up, Joey. Pick it up, Toby. Pick it up. I can't do that. Oh, so Joe, you're the best. Matt, you need to sing it. To say to make these miles disappear if you can't. Oh, wow. Oh, falsetto there. Hit for it. I have a feeling like this, like at some point you sang this in your car and cried. <laughs> <laughs> then turn it on. Okay. Good job, Joey. Good job. Uh-huh. You want it, honey? I'll let you off the hook there. Good work. Man. I do really, really like that about Joey. Get, he, he just he, get that dude in the studio. Yeah, but no, I do really like that about Joey. Just will do any. Toby tells him to do a million things. Make this sound. Say this joke. Use this voice, and Joey just will do it. No fear. No embarrassment. No matter that what. song. That that song definitely what. 
song definitely was not good for my uh, my my vocal well, capacity. Well, you selected it. Not, well, your not willingness like to do stuff like that, I really do admire because I, I don't want to. Uh, I hear you, man. You're amazing, <laughs> Joey. Basically, yeah, I'm a terrible singer. But you're, other than that, you are great. I kill the pink. weight's awful, but I, other than that, I kill those pink two triangle though. <laughs> Nobody has any idea what you're talking about. Yeah, we'll, just, yeah, I, we'll laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get the record. You're gonna love it. Hey, I got a science. You can get on our band camp. You can figure that out. But you can get on our band camp. I, if one million people will buy it for one million dollars, that's what we're we're just really hoping and praying. We're, we're believing, believing in it. God for yeah, we're it. We're believing for it. All right, so I got a science. We don't serve an eight bit God. We serve mm-hmm. a great full big resolution. God. Full resolution God. <laughs> a great big God, not an eight bit God. That's right. All right, Matt, I got a question the for record. you. Please, God, by the record. Matt, I got a science question for you. I'm listening. Science. All right, so if you continually divide by two, it's infinity. It just keeps going and going and going. You never get to a place where it's no more. You can divide continually, eternally. Are you so, sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure. All right, so my question to you then is when you catch a picture, so when you take a picture and you're looking at that image, are you seeing um, Are you seeing a passing of time? Like is that a split second? Like are you seeing progression because somebody would say oh no you're just seeing a snapshot like it's it's a still frame it's not moving but is there such thing i have no idea what you're talking about i mean i don't even understand the question at all how do you not understand the question all right so if you take if you take two and divide it by uh two i'm sorry yeah take two divided by two it's one divided by Two again is point five, right. then point two so five, can, and so on all, and so forth. So what I'm divide every number in half, yes. Right. So you never get to a place where there's nothing. There's always going to be something. Uh-huh. So what I'm saying is, when you take a picture and you're looking at that picture, is that truly a snapshot? Like, is that truly one, uh, one representation of time, or oh. is it a progression well, no, of time? Like, no. well. Unfortunately, there's a simple answer on that, and then that is that cameras have shutter speed. So if you if you use a shutter speed of a camera of let's say the the a common would be one sixtieth, so one over sixty would be like a technical term for the shutter a certain shutter speed, and that means that it's one sixtieth of a second that it allows light to come in for. So if you see if a photo photo is taken at with that relatively slow shutter speed, then that snapshot shows one sixtieth of a second all in that one thing. And if you had even longer exposures of up to one second, sometimes you can have it where the it lets in light for a whole second. The photo has that's why it would be blurry because you'd have in two you know the slower shutter speed you have a blur because you'd have Uh Joey in two places, and then a really fast shutter speed like one five hundredth of a second, then you're seeing an even smaller amount of time. But yes, when you're looking at a picture, you're seeing an amount of time, not an instant in time. Gosh, that's so crazy to me. That's really I don't crazy. know All where right. that came I from, got... and I'm glad I had a, a scientific answer for you. Yeah, nice, well, it just, it, just, it just hit me, and I had to ask my old friend Matt. All right, I got a question for you guys. It's kind of like <laughs> a little game. Oh, Lord. Right. So this is from Ben Archer, our friend from Australia. In an email, he's, this is how he ends the email. He says, on another note, if you want to share this with the guys, I'm at a gig right now for a well-known Christian rock band. You guys know who these guys are, and you're both going to get three guesses. A band member suddenly left the stage to go pee, leaving the other members on stage. What did they do in the meantime? 
shared the gospel and sang an a cappella praise and worship song until he returned. I wonder if this could be what Emory, what would Emory do question. So these guys are like, oh shit, Johnny had to go pee. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some worship. Well, what I really like about that is that you said there's a pun built into what he said there, or a joke at least, because he said they he left and then they sang an a cappella song until he returned while he was gone. I'm assuming the song was until he returned. That is the acapella song, <laughs> the praise song. <laughs> they sang right, so, until he returned. <laughs> all right, so this is a tooth and nail band. Toby, three guesses. Go. Norma Jean. All right, three guesses collaboratively. Matt, no. Huh. So two more. Zayo. <laughs> Modern day Zayo. You're going to say who it is? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Oh, you got one more guess. Um... Y'all have talked about them before. We've talked about them before? Yeah, I've heard you mention them. And it was in Australia. It must be. Agony yeah. scene. Thousand <laughs> foot crutch. <laughs> Agony scene. <laughs> you remember that band? They were awesome. <laughs> the Agony scene? Yeah. Yeah, that album was killer. I mean, seriously, it was a great album. A lot of people, if you hadn't heard that band, go check out. It's a really good hardcore band. All right, so let's bring on our guest, Maddie Montgomery. This dude preaches oh, from man. stage. He's awesome. He's a great guy too. I enjoy. You've talking never to met him, him and yeah, you've supposedly not, to everybody yeah, listening, man. we have. Right. You've never even talked. We to haven't him yet. done this interview yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maddie Montgomery, let's bring him on. <laughs> hey, I got something to tell you, Matt. Okay, Joey. Yeah, I was gonna say guys, but Toby. Just really shut up and get on with it. <laughs> Toby can't read that well, but we've been talking about texture, or actually, we've been talking about next issue, and now it's called texture. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, this is something really awesome. It's like it puts everything, all all of your reading dreams, right in your hands, right in your tablet, right in your cell phone. However, you get your apps, it's like an all access pass to all the world's best magazines. You browse hundreds of magazines and you get to cherry pick the articles that interest you the most. I mean, it, it it curates collections that let people dive deeper into the topics that interest them the most. Joe, you missed one of the best parts. Tell me, man. Texture is offering our listeners a free trial right now. Yep, that's right. When you go to texture.com forward slash bad Christian, just think about that. You will be able to have unrestricted, unlimited access to the world's best magazines. You're already reading them. You're already reading Bon Appetit and Vogue and Rolling Stone, National Geographic, Sports Illustrated. I mean, these right. are the big ones. So and why not all try the for ones? free? Exactly. Try for free right now. Exactly. So go to texture.com forward slash bad Christian. Plus, you can share your subscription with your entire family. That's right. Not just yourself. You get to be a share. You get to be grace-filled. Let your whole family read those things. <laughs> Try Texture right now for free. Right now for free. Go to texture.com forward slash bad Christian. And yes, I can read, Joey. Read this. I'm shooting you a bird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Do you ever find yourself kind of consumed with social media and wonder what your life could be like with a little less technology? If so, you should check out hashtag struggles following Jesus in a selfie-centered world. It's by our good friend, and it's by Craig Groeschel. Craig Groeschel, the senior pastor of Life Church, currently the largest church in America, giant, walks through real-life examples of how we struggle with social media and how to reclaim a Christ-centered life through biblical values. To learn more, go to CraigGroeschelBooks.com or pick up your copy wherever books are sold. 
Hey, boys. All right. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing awesome. I'm uh, out here in Jacksonville right now, sitting in a coffee shop. You on tour? Yes. Yeah, right. we've been we've been out for about a week now. It's been awesome. Well, it's sitting in that coffee shop. You're about to say some wild, crazy things on this podcast. Aren't you going to look weird for all the people sitting there beside you? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the point, man. <laughs> I hear a Actually, little bit of the people uh, in the background. It sounds cool, though. It sounds nice yeah. And well, pray for them, man. You got just, it. I'm just trying to talk about Jesus as loud as possible in this coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody is not sure what they think about him, they can come talk to me after I get done with this. <laughs> And you're cool. probably pretty serious about that. You're a pretty outspoken guy, so you actually don't mind making uncomfortable Jesus conversations happen, do you? No way. I I prefer it. <laughs> That's a good. I, lo- <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, I I was at a restaurant the other day, and uh, uh, and the waitress came up and and she brought us our food, and I was with a group of guys, and she said, "Hey, well, you know, what are you guys doing?" I said, we're celebrating. And she said, oh, what are you celebrating? Thinking I was going to say a birthday or something. And I said, <laughs> Jesus died to save me from my sins. <laughs> and then it, there was an awesome. awkward silence. I'm and she sure. said, oh, okay, neat. And kind of backed away. Okay, but neat. she let me pray for her before, before we left. So that was good. Well, do you, That's cool. So do you do you get a high off of that? Or, I mean, is it, it I mean, what, what drives you? Obviously, the answer would be you want to see people saved. But, I mean, that's yeah. a kind of a intense way to go about it, right? Yeah, I mean... Man, I I just don't know what else to talk about at this point. To be honest, mm-hmm. I um, you know, I, I always joke about how like e- even if I did try to go to a strip club or something like that, I, I'd run out of stuff to talk about after five minutes and be like, "So, is there anything I can pray for you about? You, have you <laughs> have you heard about Jesus?" Uh, I I yeah, I just uh, I have a really short sort of list of small talk topics that I can. Um, that I can chat about, and so I run through those pretty fast, and then it, and then it's Jesus after that. That's a funny one because uh, you know I, you probably don't get drunk or anything, but there, I've seen it, and I, in fact, I think I've done it. Where if if somebody who's a Christian can get drunk, and then they just will, they'll start just going on and on about Jesus when their inhibitions go down. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't drink, but um, but if I did, I think that's uh, that's probably what would happen they get even a little bit louder and, and more yeah. belligerent which is is why i don't drink because the world isn't ready for that so is there is there anything uh i get this is joey by the way is there anything like being in public uh setting right there if we were to ask you you feel like you'd have to whisper a little bit like if we were to say hey what do you think about gay marriage or what do you think about abortion like is there anything you're just like eh, i don't know how this would come across uh no no, no man, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I've never been the the politically correct sort of sort of guy. I know they say you're not supposed to talk about religion or politics in public, but um, I feel like uh, I just I just don't care. So, yeah. so, so your band for right. today is then would you cl- classify you guys as a Christian band and it's just a ministry band? Is that what it is? Yeah, you know, I mean, we have we viewed the band as a ministry from from day one. I mean, as uh, for as long as as we've been around. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like what has happened in the minds of a lot of people, uh, is that they, they've heard the, the phrase Christian band and they thought, Oh, that, that means it's a band that is for Christian people to listen to. And, uh, you know, so you have all these kids on YouTube telling people, you know, if, well, if you don't like Jesus, then don't listen to for today. It's like, well, you know what? If you don't like Jesus, but you think our breakdowns are cool, then listen to for today, man. Like, I'm not mad at you if you don't agree with with what I believe. Uh, and and so yeah, you know, I, I love 
um, seeing people saved, and, and I love seeing people experience the love of, of my God. But, uh, you know, I, I also understand that not everybody is interested in that. Not everybody cares about that. So, um, you know, while, uh, yeah, you know, I'd call us a Christian band, and I would call this a ministry, but, I mean, this is no more ministry. This The band is no more a ministry than, you know, my my grocery shopping is you know when i'm when i'm out in life i want to see people experience and encounter the love of god and so whether that means when i'm on stage with my band or or if that means i'm out you know at a restaurant with my kids or i'm in a a, a grocery store you know looking for for diapers or whatever uh you know I, I just want to see people experience the love of god so you know i think our band is a ministry but more than that and, and even broader than that my life is a ministry so, yeah i I think when yeah. when you took a step back there and said your whole life, I'm like, yeah, I I can, I can see that you're you're not making any distinction between being in a band and going grocery shopping. I think some something that we've actually talked on this podcast before, we've had a knee jerk knee jerk reaction to, is the the person that says, hey, I'm in a band, give money because this is a ministry and I'm right. trying to do something for the Lord. And it's like, what? You know, yeah. I mean. Toby and Matt, y'all have, y'all have encountered a lot of bands that would say, "Hey, we're we are a ministry. We're not a band." And uh, it, what what do you think is the fallacy there? Because that yeah, that definitely rubs y'all the wrong way. Um, if well, if taken out of context, well, I would say yeah. That that's I like the way you said that. And here's here's where I would I'd come at it. I, if if you can look at uh, your job and your band as that's part of your faith and your Christianity, that does seem real and authentic to me. And yeah. I like that as opposed to, Hey, now I have a microphone. I'm going to use that microphone to say something that I want to, regardless of whatever, because the same way as if I go see a band, I want a band to rock out and put on a great live show. Yeah. The same as if I hire a plumber, I want him to really fix my pipes and, and get out of there for <laughs> yeah. a great, for a great cheap price. Although I, I hope he's a Christian, I don't really want him sharing the gospel with me if my pipe's leaking. You know what I mean? Like, I want exactly. you to get that get that job done. So that's the thing. And I think, Maddie, you make a good point. I think that's where sometimes bands, I, I like that idea that, yeah, we're a Christian band, but that that's the same way. The way you're saying it sounds to me like you're saying, same way, yeah, we're, we're vegans in a band or, you know, we're, or we're... Yeah, we're we're political. We definitely are this and or we're uh you know whatever it might be. Um, told that I think that's okay if people know that because why? There's no reason to hide that at all. But uh, that like, me, it, it, it's like starting a Democrat band, right? <laughs> that happens. <laughs> that definitely yeah. happens. Well, for I mean, sure. that's the distinction, though. Are you? I mean, probably most people in most bands are. D- Democrats in a way, but they don't get called a Democrat band unless oh, they're pushing the, that. The, that's you know, true. Something from stage kind of thing. So that I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, I don't. But, I don't think there's a really right or wrong answer to it. Really. Well, well, that leads me to my next question, though. Do you guys preach from stage? Do you stop playing music for a while and share the gospel in a verbal way? Uh, yeah. So that yeah, to me is day. without a doubt Christian band that is a ministry. You know what I mean? That yeah. definitely that that's in a different category. Does that mean you wouldn't? Uh, take a tour with somebody if they said you couldn't do that? Would you turn down that tour? And you wouldn't just go play the music uh, yeah. for the music's sake? Yeah, there, there actually was a tour. I won't name, I won't name names. But it was, was Emory. Last it was year. the Emory tour. <laughs> it was Emory. <laughs> uh, yeah, they said, uh, they, they said you know, Florida Day is not allowed to preach the gospel. Uh, and then we said, well, you know, thank you for the offer, but, you know, this is this is who we are. I mean, you can't, it's, it's like asking a band to step up on stage and, uh, well, I, we know you're a metal band, but you're going to have to play rap music sure. you know, on this tour. It's like now, do you think? Do you think? Do, so. do you think that um, was more of a uh, hey, we don't 
we don't want you to take a break from playing music and talk for 10 minutes, or do you really think it was a, we don't like the gospel? Well, they, they said, um, you know, it may alienate people and make people gotcha. feel uncomfortable, and, and we don't want that. And, and I said, man, you know, I, I completely understand that, and that's why I'm not saying the name. I, you know, I don't want to attack people or... It's not, it's not something that I take personally at, at all, you know, but, but it is something that, um, that, that we have always sort of felt convicted to do is, is to, to share the gospel with people. Now, the good news of, of that story is it actually wound up getting worked out, and they said, man, we understand that this is what, what you guys do, and this is just part of a four-day show, so, uh, so it's okay, and we can, we can respect that. And so we sort of, um, so we wound up on the tour, and, and we were, you know, respectful of our time limit, mm-hmm. and took you know two minutes to to share our heart and you know went on about about playing the the shows and, and it, it wound up going great we wound up getting along even with the members of that band uh really well so so know, jimmy it, it found an issue i think people just get get scared that we're going to stop the show and preach at him for 45 yeah. minutes and yeah you know go over our set time and all those sorts of things but that's never been our style yeah, you, you guys don't get kabuchi on them our, our good friend steven <laughs> kabuchi from uh wolves at the gate now he can preach yeah. oh yeah we, 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 we've timed minutes, him before yeah. yeah we've timed him before as long as i think it was like 13 or 14 yeah, minutes so, oh that's awesome so awesome. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon. Now, hold on, wait, wait. Let's not let's not skip that. Now to us, that's not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just go ahead and clarify. If somebody's going to preach for 14 minutes, I told that's that's their privilege. That's what they they feel led to do and all that stuff. But I can say, and, and we've talked to Stephen about this before, and we know his heart, and it's, it, he's not faking. Just like you, you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. it's not a thing to. You, nobody's preaching from stage. That, or at least let's just stick with you two guys. You're not preaching from stage out of anything other than conviction. Like you actually feel like yeah. this is what you're supposed to do. So I can respect that. I guess where Matt and I have experienced it before, though, would be those people that you alienate. You also sometimes just bore them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they, they get bored. And, and so then you're like, hey, you're supposed to be the hype up band. And then you talk for 10 minutes or, or even a few minutes. And if that's the end, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it kind of ends on a down note. To you put ever it, seen it? To put it simply, it's like that's my least favorite part of the Wolves at the Gate set. Right, <laughs> like, I like the. Like, I, mean, I love better. Wolves of the Gate music, yeah. yeah, and and I understand that's what I'm saying. Like I, I get it, but I think uh, I think that's everybody now. At, at the same time, we've taken out Wolves at the Gate two times. Like that, the, them talking did not keep us from. We like we really like those guys. We do see that it's conviction and that it's real, especially for Stephen and, and and I'm sure you as well. I think for us sometimes it it does seem like. Uh, what's going on? Like, do you not believe this is a question I would ask, or maybe people have asked us for it. Do you believe in your, that your music is enough? Like why also in spite of the music, which is why people are there to see you. And that time that they have on stage is to see you perform your songs live. Is that not enough to share the gospel? Like, is it only, can it only be in words spoken? Uh, well, you know, I I think I'll say, I'll say it like this. One of my favorite things about the kingdom is it's, is it's diversity. And I, and I think that one of the scariest things that the spirit of religion um, convinces people of is that it, it convinces people that everybody ought to do Christianity the way that they do Christianity. You know, and whether it's a Catholic person, whether it's a Pentecostal person, whether it's a Calvinist person, you know, whatever, to say you have to do the way that you express your love for God has to be the same as the way that I express my love for God or it's wrong. And I, I and I think that's a real dangerous thing because because um, then you get, you know, you you see some of the like the state of, of the Middle East and you see different sects of a certain religion murdering each other because they they express their, the you know their their faithfulness to their religion in a different way. Now, uh, in in our situation with between you guys and for today and uh, and Wolves at the Gate, 
Um, you know, one of the things that, like, I don't, I don't preach for 14 minutes between songs. Yeah. But um, I, I, I know Steve well enough to know that, that his heart is after God and his heart totally. is, is to honor God. And, and so even if it is boring to some people, I have to believe that God has a plan and, and God had a plan when he put that in Steve's heart to do. And so I want to celebrate that and trust that between Steve and the Lord, that there's something right and good going on there, you know? And, and then I think on the other side of the spectrum, I think of this band we toured with years ago called Life In Your Way. It was an amazing, unbelievable yeah. band that I have so much respect for. Those guys would never stop and preach. And, uh, but, but still the presence of God was so powerful and, and almost like tangible in the room when they would play because they were just guys that had a heart for worship. And they play this really powerful, passionate music and, and they would honor God in, in, in what they did. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I want to celebrate that, too, because what those guys did was was amazing. And people were getting their lives changed by that. And, you know, and so at the end of the day, I, I think that it's, it's a matter of being able to celebrate the diversity that we have in the kingdom. Yes. And, and to be point. able to say, well, you know, maybe I'm not called to do it that way, but I'm going to cheer you on while you go while you go for it, man. And I think that's awesome. Do you ever Whether get intense for 14 minutes or not preaching at all? Do you ever get intense pushback from like people in the audience? Like, do you have, do you have confrontation now, I'm just talking or whatever after shows about what you said or like positive or negative? Maybe uh, on yeah, the negative I mean, side? We get, we've gotten uh, we've gotten feedback all along the uh, the, the spectrum. <laughs> you know, we've, we've, we've had everything from people cussing us out and spitting at us to oh, people falling on their faces and weeping, giving their lives to Christ, and, and everything yeah. in between. You know, I, I remember years ago, I had a girl scream, "You know, sh- shut the f up! You know, this isn't church." She actually sent me an email the next day and said, "Hey, I'm I'm so sorry." You know, I, I really respect everybody's right to believe whatever they want. I don't know what would possess me to do that. Hmm. Um, and I said, funny you would use that word. Um, <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I said, you know, there there um, are, are powers of darkness in the world that, that hate Jesus. I could have stood up there and talked about Buddha or Muhammad or Lao Tzu or, or whatever, and you wouldn't have said a word. You'd have thought it was really cool. But I said the name Jesus, and something inside of you hated that. And, and she wrote back and said, you know, actually, I, I, I just started reading the Satanic Bible. She said, I've been having these dreams of dark figures coming over me while I sleep and, and choking me and holding me to the bed. And, uh, and that girl actually wound up giving her life to Jesus um, during, the, during the course of this conversation. So, you know, it, even, even people that scream at us and hate it and are offended by it, you know, I've, I've got to trust that, uh, you know, it, uh, the Bible says he, neither he who plants nor he who waters or anything, but it is God who gives the increase. So I've got to trust that as we're faithful to plant seeds and water seeds, that God will give the increase when the time is right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like yeah. that story. Did did she at the actual concert? Did she slither away after she said that? <laughs> no, she stood there and, and <laughs> kept watching our set, just mad, just fuming the entire time. That's crazy. See, now yeah. I had the exact opposite. I don't know if you, if you've heard our podcast, but the exact opposite for us is some guy was yelling, "Say the name of Jesus! <laughs> Say Jesus! Say Jesus!" And I actually had to kind of stop the show and tell the guy to quit because he he associated me saying that as some kind of thing where I was doing something for the Lord and under his definition. So I, yeah. I agree with you. That's where I, I land is I think we all look at it differently. Like with Emory, I remember in the early days, I would always say something briefly about God and our faith. And uh, for me, it ended up being a thing where it was mostly just Christians were cheering in the audience or uh, it was kind of like I, f- I felt like, and I don't, I don't think the people intentionally did this, but I felt like I don't want to be some kind of hero like, oh, I have a microphone, so you have to listen to every word I say kind of thing. Like, I, 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 that's where it landed for me. But that I, I, can, I can see that we should look different. I agree. But that's the thing that's kind of unique about music is pastors preach. We're doing something even 
on, on another level. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're putting words to music and uh, saying it in a different way than, you know, the spoken word as well. But uh, one thing I want to uh, now, you guys are not uh, you. You guys have had some controversy for sure, and I wanted to just. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you've talked about this a billion times, but just for people, some of our listeners that might not know you that well, you guys had some like uh, like some gay homophobic controversies, controversial stuff with like an ex member, your ex guitar player or whatever. He said some pretty tough stuff. Did that happen? Uh, yeah, that happened. It, and, <laughs> well, tell us what happened. I, I, I only know the headline of it. What happened? Then? Yeah, yeah. Give us your yeah, take. Um, Man, we um, he he is a, a guy that that we love so much, and um, you know it's it's a little bit hard to tell the story um, without drawing a line in the sand between us and him, and uh, and that's not really something that that I want to do uh, yeah. because I you know I, I love him and I celebrate him. He he feels called to go to the Middle East and help reach the the Muslim um, community out out there. Wow show them the love of God and, and, and help introduce them to the reality of Jesus, the Messiah. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't want to, um, as, as much as I, I could say things to sort of defend myself or, or my guys, uh, you know, I, I just, I want to like celebrate that guy and the call of God on his life. And then, you know, and that's even a, a call that he had before he posted any tweets or said anything. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we, he, he actually was, just before all that stuff happened, he was already planning to leave the band about three weeks later. Um, so he he left the band a few weeks early because of all that, and uh, and that was a an amicable decision. It was a decision that he and I made on the phone together. So um, you know, I just uh, you know I don't want to. Uh, the, there are some things that he said that I I disagree with. Yeah. Um, well, Obviously, I mean, we, we can at least you know. say it because it's publicized. You don't have to say it. I, I understand you guys are still friends, but basically, just to kind of paraphrase, he was just saying things like there's no such thing as a gay Christian right. and that he was kind of mad at maybe the Christians for just allowing it or, or kind of calling out Christians saying you should separate yourself from that and not you know, admit what sin is or say if this is a sin, you should say it's a sin or whatever like that. Yeah. And then that kind of puts you guys in a bad spot. And then uh, the craziest thing, though, was – I was reading like, and I don't know if he said it or who said it, but like maybe even kind of you got put into maybe you. Then it kind of got put onto you and like, are you in a cult, uh, a Christian <laughs> cult, and all that stuff? Did that? Yeah, that, it, it kind of the whole thing evolved. You know, I um, I really, you know, kind of like I said before, man. I, you know, I I want to to honor the diversity in the kingdom, and I think one of the biggest mistakes, one of the most dangerous things that we can ever do, is to demand that other people express their love for God the same way that we do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the church that I go to is different than the church that he goes to. And, and, uh, uh, and, and they express themselves in a, in a different way. And I, and I love that. And they, my church is pretty weird sometimes. Uh, but they're, but they're people who love God and who love each other. And, uh, and, and, you know, beyond that, I can, we can work out, you know, we can work out any theological differences or anything like that, but they're people who love God and who love each other. And, and that makes it a successful church in my book. So, uh, you know, and, and I know that I've been been called by God to be a part of this church and to serve there and, uh, and, and to help invest there. And so, you know, I, I think that um, that, you know, really it kind of boils down to um, just, a, you know, a, a difference in expression that the, that the way that I express my my love for God through the band and, and through the church that I, uh, you know, go to and, um, you know, and other things uh, that he, he maybe doesn't see the value in that. Um, and uh you know, and I can't, I, I gotta, 
whether he sees the value in, in what I'm called to do or not, man, I, I, I see the value in what he's called to do, and that's something that I want to celebrate. That guy's a spiritual giant and a guy that I love with all of my heart, and he's going to succeed at everything he ever does. Yeah. Well, you're dealing with that delicately. It sounds like it must have been difficult, at least, of a, of a whole situation. Did it affect your band, Nick? Like, regardless of between you and him, does that that kind of media and press affect your band negatively currently? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We, um, uh, I mean, there, there were some, some pretty substantial financial downside. We haven't been oh, back really? to Europe. We haven't been back to Europe since. Because uh, the European booking agent agency called us fascists and said they didn't want to work with us anymore. Wow. So um, we've not been back on the continent of Europe ever since any of that. That was like two and a half years ago. We wow. Two and a half. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, that, like that's a, that was a downside. And, and just now things are starting. We just signed to a label that's based in Europe. So things are starting to open, open back up there for us, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely, definitely affected things. But, you know, I, I had a really cool opportunity actually after, after the, those tweets were, were posted, I, I posted my phone number on, uh, online and, and <laughs> said, if, if you felt sort of personally victimized or alienated by anything that was said, I want you to call me. I'd love to just to, to hear you. And, you know, and, and it was a, a really, I spent the next week fielding like thousands of phone calls. I'm sure. It was crazy. <laughs> but they weren't but, all um, pleasant though. Oh, they sure weren't. But, but man, some of them were, were amazing. You know, I, I had one, one young man from New Hampshire call me who, uh, was born a young woman. And, uh, and, and he, he went through the, the whole sex change process. Um, when, you know, he, he was an atheist, went through the whole sex change process and, uh, and then got a girlfriend. And the two of them decided to go to church one day and had a powerful encounter with Jesus. And they decided that they wanted to follow Christ. So they gave their lives to Christ and started going to this church and getting plugged in. And they became a, smart, a part of a small group. And, uh, and then it came out as they were fellowshipping with these people that, you know, he, he was a, a transgender uh, person. And, uh, and, and he said, he told me the story as we were talking on the phone. And he said, you know, and then these people that we loved who were involved in our lives and were discipling us, they kind of pulled back and, told mm-hmm. it, you know, stopped inviting us to things. And, you know, they, they said, well, you know, we love you, but we don't agree with your lifestyle. And, uh, and, and kind of just cut him out of, of fellowship. Uh, he, the, the, actually him and his girlfriend. And, um, and he said, he asked me, you know, as, rhetorically, obviously he said, you know, what am I supposed to do? And, uh, man, I just sat there on the phone with tears in my eyes and said, I don't know, man. Like, I really don't. This is, you know, this whole issue that I think Christians want to make really black and white is not always black and white. I don't know what to do in that situation. I know this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, keep seeking Jesus, and please don't let Christians being scared of you uh, intimidate you. You know, I, I think God has, has got a plan for that that person's life, and, um, you know, and, and while I don't know, you know, I don't know what it's going to what it's going to take for them to, to answer the, the call of God on their life. You know, the last thing I would ever say to church people is, well, cut them, cut them out of fellowship. You know, make kick them out of your life if if you don't agree with their lifestyle or you don't understand. You know, and and that situation uh, or that that conversation really really blessed me, man, and, and really sort of challenged me uh, just in, in the way that I thought about some of these hot button political issues. That you know, maybe sometimes um, it's it's less an issue that we could sort of sum up in 140 characters and more an issue that we need to walk uh, walk through life with people uh, about it and something that we need to get connected to people and, and through you know in, in a loving mutually respectful relationship we need to walk these things out and 
find out what God's plan is for each person. Yes, that's definitely It's for each person. That's the thing that's been driving me crazy lately is there's definitely a function of categories and generalizations and stuff like that, but they really... I mean, individuals are always individuals. So, right. so instead of this is how you handle this with this, that I don't even think that exists. Anytime you're dealing with an individual, uh, that that's just a person. It's not. A, it's not. Right. There's not rules like like that that right. apply across the board to anything. And so, right. you know, just there's every stereotype and every generalization and every general rule. I mean, that that applies in a way, but it, you can't take that down to the micro level to deal with this person or that person. So, right. Right, that's the biggest thing that Christianity wants to do is make everything have a a rule because it would make us feel better. But I I agree that that situation doesn't have a categorical answer of what you should say and do and what that person ought to do next. That's not it's not it's not clear like that. Yeah, I would go so far as to say that a Christian's opinions and beliefs on whether or not homosexuality is is a sin may not even belong on social media. You know, that may be one of those things that just needs to be reserved. Like, I, I don't want to make a black and white issue on that, but I definitely think a lot less people need to be putting stuff out yeah, there than true. what already is. You know, and, and I think one of the things I think we miss is that is really the, the entirety of the New Testament is written within the context of, uh, of fellowship. You know, even all the all the epistles were written to a specific group of believers from from the guy that knew them and that loved them, that helped build that church. He understood their structure. He knew their leadership on a personal, intimate level. So the issues that he's addressing are within this context of fellowship. And I, I know you, Corinthians. I know you, Ephesians. And I love you. And I celebrate you. And I've invested in your life. And uh, you know, and, and I think that we, you know, we read these letters that Paul wrote, and and we see the correction that he brings to some of these people, and we think, well, we need to bring correction to to the church too. But you know, so we write blogs and and we post tweets and we respond to Facebook statuses and things like that. But I think something that, that, that we we miss a lot of times is, is that they were all written within the context of a loving, uh, uh, mutually honoring relationship uh, from one person that deeply loved this group to, to that group. And, and so, you know, I think that... Uh, and when that, we're that like we eavesdropping on those letters and communications. Exactly, way, right? exactly. And, and I think the thing that we can glean from that is... You know, first of all, that fellowship is vital to the success of any believer. But second of all, a lot of these issues need to be taken taken into the context of the people that God has put in our life. You know, people that, you know, people like a pastor or, you know, a, a small group or people that um, that God has put in your city who can be in your life. People you can go to their house and eat with them and, you know, spend time studying the Word together uh, in, instead of, you know, some random comment on Instagram about something uh, a, a situation that you don't understand to a person you've never met. You know that that uh, I, I think that we as believers need to understand the context of the church, the context of all correction, the context of of all instruction, all accountability is is supposed to be within the context of a fellowship. Yeah. The other thing I just learned something, and it's not a Sunday morning. This is great. Well, wow. the other thing that that yeah. flies in the face of is the idea that when this is what I believe at least is when you lead to that person with, now, we don't agree with your lifestyle, so this, this, and this. When you lead with that, I never think that's for the benefit of the other person. That's for the benefit of you and your reputation and your, with the other rest of the community and how people see you and what you think your duties are and stuff like that. That doesn't, when you say, now, listen, you aren't welcome here, or you're welcome here, but just I need you to know this right off. Right. I don't agree with this. Right. I, I think when you lead with that and set those things out there, that is not for the benefit of the other person. That's for, usually for the benefit of you and the others watching. 
yeah exactly. that mentality is yeah now maddie I, I might be wrong here but the way you say jesus sounds like you might be a pastor you <laughs> Say it, say it one. How do you say J E S U S? Jesus. <laughs> so, good catch, Toby. So, shiver when I say so, Jesus. So, do you do any preaching outside of uh, the yeah, stage or anything like that? I, I actually probably preach more than I play with the band at this point. To be really? Yeah. Where, where, and uh, where are you living? In- I live in South Alabama, Mobile. Oh, oh okay. Okay. So, yeah. you, so you are basically becoming a full time pastor preacher or what uh yeah i i don't pastor the church that i'm a part of i'm i am ordained through that church uh-huh. uh, but i'm kind of specifically ordained as as an evangelist so uh, a lot of the work that i do is around the world actually just before this tour i spent about two weeks doing conferences in australia next month when we get done with this tour i'm going to brazil i've done a lot of things around around the united states over the last few months um and and you know i, I always sort of sum it up by saying i'm not a pastor but I, I help pastors, you know, and, and my yeah. job is to come in and sort of fan the flame that this pastor has been building and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and come alongside what, what uh, his vision is and, uh, and, and help to serve that, that particular local community. So, I, no, I'm not a pastor. I, we have some really incredible pastors in my church who love people and will pour their lives into them and get in the trenches with them. Uh, but because of my crazy schedule, it's, it's hard for me to really be consistent enough in a particular area or in somebody's life to pastor them. So That's what cool. I do is, is I come in as, as a sort of one-time event and uh, and just, you know, throw throw fuel on the fire and, uh, you know, and cheer them on and what the Lord has called that particular church to I do. imagine you're probably the only pastor that's been on the Jamie Josta show. You know, that might be true. I listened to that episode. <laughs> I thought it was tremendous. I enjoyed it. I like Jamie's show oh, anyway. If people don't listen to it, Jamie's the singer of Hatebreed. Uh, our old merch guy used to work for him too, and uh, I think he's just a great host and a great talent. And he has such good interviews. Kirk Hammett from Metallica. He has every. I mean, he has people on that show. Just every cool person in metal um, from all over the years. And you got to. And do then also show. me. Yeah, and you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about doing that show. How did you get? How did you get to do that? Did you go to his place or what happened with that? Uh, we we did it in the back seat of his um, Escalade. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, he, to be honest, um, I think I got on it because his um, his hard drive crashed and uh-huh. he lost a bunch of other interviews like uh-huh. the day before we were supposed to be coming through t- uh, his city in Hartford. So uh, he was scrambling to, to try to figure out anybody he could get on the show and I was going to be there. Uh, so I was thankful for however it worked out. But yeah, it, uh, it worked out great. And he's a great dude. Uh, it was a fun interview, man. He's 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 real easy to talk to. He yeah, he dealt he's with good. you really good on the Christianity. He he clearly didn't seem to understand it, and he kind of got you know he like he wasn't defensive or whatever, but he seemed to not really understand it all. But he lets you talk in a, a way about it that wasn't challenging. I thought I thought it was really neat. Yeah, he was cool. You felt like he was receptive to it and everything, and that was a good yeah yeah a good time interview. Oh, absolutely. Are you a hate breed fan? Uh, I ha- I have been a hate breed fr- fan. That's cool. I don't. I, I. It's been a while since I've listened to Hatebreed, but I have more than more than once I've listened to them on the way to a, a show to get pumped up and get ready to punch some kids in the face. Right on. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you feel like the call to like share the gospel with them after the interview or anything? Like where you're sitting in the back of the escalator, you're like, do you know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior? Or anything? Uh, n- n- you know what? I I, I did not. <laughs> But during the interview, man, I, I shared a lot about about my my faith and yeah. uh, you know, kind of asked him where he stood yeah. afterwards and, and stuff. So it, it was cool, man. You know, he's he's a really thoughtful guy, and uh, you know, I think if I could leave people with one thing, it's that it's it's the truth that really led me to Christ, and, and that is that if if there is a God and He really cares about me, then He should answer when I call. You know, the Bible yeah. says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So 
you know, uh, I, I don't have to talk people into it or, argue, you know, yeah. beat them in an argument or anything like that, but I can leave them with this. Like, if, if something in your heart ever moves and, and you want to find God, uh, you know, the promise is that if you call, they'll answer. So, uh, you know, whether it's Jamie Josta or some, you know, 15-year-old kid listening to the Bad Christian Podcast, the, the good news is that because of what Jesus did on the cross, there's an open door to God. And, and so we can approach him. The Bible says we can approach him with freedom and confidence now. So, uh, you know, I would, I, I invited Jamie to, you know, ask Jesus <laughs> if he's real to come and, and make himself real. So, you know, and, and anybody else, uh, you know, and, and it, it, it's real, it's real simple when, when I think we as evangelists learn to trust God yeah. uh, to, to do the, the work that I never could. You know, I can't ever, I can't ever put it in somebody's heart to, to love God, right. but if, What's that? if they find it in their heart someday, I, I can tell them that the good news that the door has already been opened. Yeah. By the blood of Jesus. Hey, tell, tell me this. Like, if it was just logistics and Jimmy Fallon heard about you and said, hey, I, wanna, I want you to come and play some music on uh, the, the night show, late night show. Or is it called the Tonight Show? What's well, the Tonight Show? Tonight Show. I don't know. And, and he said, look, he said, uh, we, we really don't have time for an interview. We just want you to perform. I'll promote the album. Uh, like... Would you pass up that opportunity if there if there just wasn't a time slot for you to uh, give a testimony or talk about Jesus? Like, no, I really am curious. Is it not. Okay, no, gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you know, playing music is my job, and I love to do it. Uh, you know, I'm thankful that we mo- that we get the freedom to share the gospel. But it, you know, if they said, "Hey, we want you to play a song," and that's going to be it, uh, we would go play that song. And but beforehand, we get together and pray, and we'd say, "Holy Spirit, you know, energize this music." and come and just bring the revelation of Jesus to anybody, anybody with a seeking heart. Uh, you know, so I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what the fruit of that would be, but I believe that God can, can use anything. So Toby and Matt need to ha- start doing that prayer. Cause y'all's shows are starting to suck. Oh, time. thanks man. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, you need to do that prayer because your preaching has been pretty lame. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of music though, when, when is uh, for today going to be out on the road next? And, or when are you, are you speaking anywhere in, in America anytime soon? Um, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually doing a, a few dates, uh, in January. I'm doing, uh, Florida, all over Florida, um, cool. like three weeks. Awesome. Uh, and I'm doing one in Minneapolis in November, probably a couple others, uh, that I can't remember right now. Do you get together with any other evangelical evangelists or anything like that? And, uh, and- sometimes, yeah, you know, it depends on the event. Uh, I just, I just did one in Seattle with, with a, a good friend of mine who's an amazing amazing preacher really spoken to my life a lot when i was a a, a young buck um about 10 years ago his name's Corey russell um he and i did a conference together in seattle about a month ago just now in, in australia i was with some guys named uh, todd white and ben fitzgerald who are both amazing evangelists guys that, that love god a lot so sometimes I'll, I'll get together with um with other guys and sometimes it'll just be me it kind of depends on the event and you know what, do you th- what, what it looks like who do you think would win in a fight, Joel Osteen or Rick Warren? Like if they oh, had Rick to Warren, pick a, without a doubt, just his size. Yeah, I mean he's got a few pounds on him. I think Joel Osteen maybe could, is a little bit faster than Rick Warren, but Rick Warren <laughs> seems like if he if he got a hold of Joel, there's it's it's game over, man. That's he true, could definitely man. Out grapple Joel Osteen. That's true. I don't know. I yeah. think Joel Osteen has a mean streak. You can't be that clean. <laughs> you can't look that clean, look that nice, no blemishes on the skin. And you can't. I mean, there's something behind <laughs> that dude that can. Maybe Joel Osteen <laughs> would hire somebody to kill Rick Warren. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
could you could you imagine in his nice voice him saying the most horrible like oh, mean man. thing like you like he'd be, son of a <laughs> he'd be he'd be pretty bad at trash talk i think he'd have a big smile on his face and his hair all done nice <laughs> uh, is uh is for today got any tour dates coming up yeah well we're on tour right now uh and we will be i don't know when this is going to air but but we will be for about the next three weeks uh, all around the united states uh and then after that i don't know I don't know what the plan is. We were looking at trying to do Europe soon, um, early next year. So we'll, we'll see what actually pans out. But, um, yeah, we're, we're on the CD, the official CD release tour right now. Well, good luck trying to take fascism back to Europe there, Matty. Hey, man, thank you so much. <laughs> we're doing our best. <laughs> Matty Montgomery. Hey, man, thanks for joining us. This was, this was good. I really did enjoy this a lot, oh, man. Oh, man, it's and, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and enjoy the rest of this tour, dude. All right, man. Great interview. Oh, man. That Woo! was so much fun. Woo! All of our interviews have been getting so good. It just gets better and better and better. Yeah, I think it's because people are just so much more comfortable with us. I think it's because you put down the pizza. Right. You picked up the microphone. Right. You said, I'm here to work for the first time in my damn life. Wow. And now you're starting to show up in interviews. Wow. I appreciate the... I mean, you used to sleep through interviews. <laughs> yeah, but that was because I was tired. <laughs> and full. And depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, can I tell you something that's happened kind of real time here during our interview that we just oh, did? Oh, shit. Sure. I'm here by myself. Oh, and gosh. The, uh, the, I've just, you know... Nobody's here but me and the dog, and then I look around, the dog isn't here. So I oh, start gosh. to worry about him. I didn't stop the interview, but I started to worry about him because the, one of the doors is open. I have the fence and everything, so I thought he must be okay, but I couldn't find him, and, and he hadn't been here for like 20 minutes. So while y'all were talking, I put my headphones down, ran out in the backyard, and I couldn't find him. So I heard him barking, and I opened. he busted into our garage out back and knocked over a bunch of paint um, and had walk, oh. walked into paint. And then, oh, and and just been running all around. And then he got back in the house with paint on his damn paws and walked in on the floor. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I know this it, is that dog. I mean, your dog is, is the, the number one, number one thing that's like it makes people think, yeah. Hurting, Never getting hurting or killing an animal is okay. <laughs> right, like it, Reggie hurts animal calls. Yeah, I've I mean, really, he, he's yeah. done more bad stuff than any other animal he, I've ever known. I completely agree. We've had him a long time, and my patience grows thin. I mean, wait, is there like like significant damage to your house? Like, or no, can you clean it's it water based paint. I'll be able to clean. I wipe some up just a second ago. I'll have to finish it in a little bit before Bridget gets home. Because no, it's what happened. Bridget's on her way home on the bus, and I'm gonna walk. She's gonna walk in here, and there's gonna be these per blue. Oh dog prints all over the floor and i'm still gonna be talking into a microphone to you chumps <laughs> she <is> so mad <laughs> but i think i'll be able to get it before she before she gets home <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't knock over your hydroponics did he no no hydroponics is still good. <laughs> see i would have a very 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 hard time continuing with the uh episode if i were in your shoes because i would just be thinking oh i gotta clean it no, up I, i'm I okay stop thinking about i know uh, how to handle my shit well, I certainly do applaud you for being able to continue. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep going with this podcast so Matt can get clean, clean in on his house. Hopefully, you can beat, uh, get done with the podcast and beat, get it done before uh, yeah, I'll make gets it. home. I'll make it. All right. Well, let's get to the most important part of the podcast. Yep. The thing right, that's going to make Matt feel better. His dog is a terrible animal. I believe in demon possession now because of that dog. Yep. Matt, kick the music for me. All right, let's do this. 
in a world where for your friend's birthday next year, you're going to get him 15-year-old news stories so he feels so happy. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Toby Morell. It's the damn news. All right, guys. Y'all ready for this? I am Y'all ready for this? You got to beatbox to open the show, then we let you sing a solo, and now you're going to take over with some more Yeah, just please. Is that not enough? It's called the Global Takeover. Just please calm down. It's called take, the Global Takeover. Take half a less pill next time before the podcast. Yeah, my, take a three quarters of a pill, not a whole one. All right. My hey, endeavor, this is what I want to do. Matt has paint all over his house. His dog is... If you truly care, then you'll skip the news. No, if you truly care, you'll let me get it done. Mm, you don't care. You only care about yourself. Yeah, but we could end right now. We could end right now. See, so I would not be loving to the listeners at home. Yeah, you only care about yourself. <laughs> I bet if it was a sermon, he'd preach for two hours. Oh yeah, I really love. All right, comes to Fox sermon. News and roving reporter James Pettit, which I think is pretty cool. My middle name is my middle name is James. This wow, one, this has already got this. Me. This one bummed me out. I uh, know it didn't bum me out. It made me really think. I guess I should say. Mm. I, I was just like, oh, how do you? Uh, let's see what you guys think. Family stunts disabled daughter's growth to expand her world. So this little girl's name's Charlie, and she's disabled. Their family's living in Bali, Indonesia. As their, as their daughter's body grew bigger, her parents feared her world would grow smaller. How would they lift her or get her out of the house? So Jen and Mark Hooper came up with a radical solution. They gave their daughter hormones to stop her growth. Charlie is now about 1.3 meters tall, 4 feet 3 inches, and 24 kilograms. 53 pounds, basically, and will remain so for the rest of her life. Uh, whether uh, Charlie Hooper has any concept of space she occupies in this world is an enigma. At 10, her brain is believed to function at the level of a newborn's. She cannot speak, cannot walk, cannot see anything beyond light and dark, and perhaps the shadowy shape of a face inches away. As her body grew bigger, her parents feared her world would grow smaller. How would they be able to, you know, do all these things with her, like lift her and, and get her in a car, take her to the bathroom, do all these yeah. things? So they took the radical way of giving her hormones that would stunt her growth. <clears throat> so the question is, what do you guys think about that? I, I'm going to go first. I think this, this couple loves their daughter, and they're thinking, how can we take care of her the best? And like the idea of like buying lifts and expensive machinery and what, what does that look like uh, getting her out of bed at a certain time and doing this stuff. But I think I will justify this in their brains or what I'm trying to justify in this is that they thought the lighter and smaller she is, the more able as we get older, we will be able to help her because basically she's a newborn, maybe her entire life. Mm -hmm. right? right. So I can see that now that just seems so wild. It, it really is radical. Do you stunt a human's body for convenience to an extent? Now, maybe that convenience is even loving and helpful and good, yeah, but to an extent... For her benefit, that, really, you would think. I mean, I mean, th put it this way. If you knew that the kid was going to stay newborn mentally, I would, I would argue right. that the best thing for that uh, brain to be in would be a newborn body, if given the possibility. Right, I mean, I, we don't have that medical capability, but if the brain was right. never going to get beyond newborn, then I would choose to have a newborn for thirty years. 
Well, I I'd think, rather have it be eight pounds or 12, 20 pounds or whatever. Oh, right, right, right. You would prefer and look, that. Well, and look it. like a newborn. For I mean, at least it would match. So it's, it's, there's somewhat there's something bad about having an adult body and a, not an adult brain to some degree. So I would say yeah, keep, them, point. keep them paired up is not a, a bad impulse there. But at the same time, what if uh, next year there's a medical breakthrough and the, the girl's totally normal? She's What if she... Two years from now is a fourteen-year-old brain, well, or or a thirty-year-old brain. Like, do you stunt? Well, a, do, you, do you stunt a human's brain? Do you just? Uh, all I'm saying is I mean, that's she's what four, people, she's still four something. My, I mean, Bridget's like four eleven, so that's true. <laughs> I guess you're right. Then maybe it's not that bad. Joy, you think that's okay? Yeah, I don't want to talk about this news story. Moving on, it hurts too much. You're a you're a terrible pastor. I'm just going to leave that out there. You are a terrible <laughs> pastor, pastor. Joey has no time for the disabled. Moving no, on, he says. Yeah, I, it doesn't have any Moving time. Moving on, he says. I have no, I no, have no, no, no answers. No, you, I know you don't. The pastor has no answers. About anything, though. <laughs> you should Forget pastor. It's Joey has no answers. It's a bastard with no answers. We know that. <laughs> this is a piece of shit with no answers. <laughs> <laughs> Get on with your piece of shit. All right. Story. Well, this comes from our good friend. You can't even think of an original cuss word. Can you just yeah. keep fumbling around with your phone and find <laughs> uh, news stories shit. right now? This is the first time Toby's ever read this story. Another show design. <laughs> Charmaine Bennett, roving reporter. Wow, she's Charmaine racking up Bennett. the credit. So she's quite a resume, this young lady. Oh, has. she kills it. I mean, she literally just she's like saving my life. She's here. still unpaid. Yep. She is. Wow. Okay. Well, that yeah, we, we'll expect it's, it's that. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It might I be agree. violating some statute of you know like free labor. You know, because unpaid internships, you have to be careful with you know with labor laws and stuff like that. So you might have to watch out on this. If you if you keep getting these contributions from Charmaine and the like, no, she Charmaine. That's the that's the thing about roving reporters. There, you know what their pay is? The truth. Okay, that's that, they get paid <laughs> in the right. truth. And that's they love worth it. a lot more than than nine dollars an hour. I think you're right. So, case yeah, closed. All right, this comes from CBS Houston. McGruff, the crime dog actor, sentenced to 16 years oh, for boy. pot and grenade launcher. <laughs> <laughs> In Galveston, Texas, former McGruff, the crime dog actor, John Morales. The voice actor, is it? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Take has a bite been out of crime. Sen- right. Take a bite out of crime. Sentenced to 16 years in prison following his guilty plea three years after police seized 1,000 marijuana plants, 27 weapons, including a grenade launcher and 9,000 <laughs> rounds of ammunition in his home. The man who played the famous Take a Bite Out of Crime dog was arrested in 2011 after Galveston police and a drug-sniffing dogs, he got caught by dogs, pulled over the McGruff actor for speeding, the Houston Chronicle reports. Authorities found diagrams of two indoor pot-growing operations sitting on the front seats and multiple pot seeds stored in the trunk of his Infinity, which is just hilarious that he had pictures of his pot-growing plants. I mean, like, like that is That's just... a lot of funny stuff there. It's just, it's just unbelievable. The, uh, he's forty-one years old now. He's going to sentence to sixteen years. I can only picture that infinity. That m- kind of makes me laugh because infinity is like a luxury car, and this, for sure, this is not a two thousand fourteen infinity. You know what I mean? This is like a 
G20 from 1997, probably. You know, it's a luxury car that's beat up and it has pot plants. I could really see the the scene there. He's got like a J30 with 240,000 miles on it. (laughs) I mean, obviously. And then, I mean, he got busted. I mean, that has to be just the worst. Like, the. Dogs are sniffing around. He, I wonder if he even told him, hey, listen. I'm, he put his grenade I'm launcher gr- at up. some point in his Infinity and drove it home with pot plants. <laughs> that cracks me up. The grenade launcher is the funniest thing about this story, though. Grenade launcher. Yeah, I know. I mean, is that, I, I didn't even know. I guess a grenade launcher is illegal. Did y'all, I, I know that sounds dumb. It's probably only, only American. Only an American would ask illegal. that question. Well, uh, but I mean, what I a funny know. weapon a grenade launcher is. I mean, the grenades are hilarious to start with. They're, you know, handheld explosive like that, and then that you need a grenade launch. Like, what well, the potential application for gr- grenade launcher is, I can't even imagine. It's nothing but a nerd's. You know, it's it's like what you would. Yeah. If you were nine, you want a grenade launcher. Yeah, oh, man, it's I would just, love it's that. It's like the most nine-year-old thing you could ever want to do. Yeah. But uh, on the other hand doesn't really sound like he poses much of a threat to anybody. Like, this sounds like somebody who is doing – this guy's not dangerous is what I'm saying. If you look at this thing, this guy is a nerd and a – you know, has his toys. And it's just like – to me, that sounds like the farthest off thing from a, a really dangerous person. He just smokes pot yeah, and sure. ha- collects rounds of ammo. And, you know, I know people yeah. are careful with, drunk, with guns and everything and say it's so bad that we have them and all that. But this is not really a danger, this guy. He's just a dork yeah, he was. I don't think he was going to go get anybody or shoot. No. I don't think he was going to use his grenade launcher anywhere <laughs> near people. All right, my last news. This comes from Scientific American. Matt, this is for you, my friend. Why in the bleepity bleep bleep do we swear for pain relief? Might be the answer. Bad language could be good for you, a new study shows. For the first time, psychologists have found that swearing may serve an important function in relieving pain. Oh, fuck yeah. The study published today in the journal Neuro Report measured how long college students could keep their hands immersed in cold water. During the chilly exercise, they could repeat an 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 expletive. (laughs) I can't even say it. They They could repeat an expletive of their choice or chant a neutral word. When swearing, the 67 student volunteers reported less pain and on average endured about 40 <laughs> seconds longer. Damn it! Damn it! I know. Oh, I, that's, Seriously. That's a really good, that's a really good experience. Son of a bitch! Uh, Shit, that's cold. No, Damn I mean, it. but really, that, that, that kind of makes sense. That's a, kind of a well-designed experiment, to, you know, because, it, I mean, it sounds like the results are pretty clear, and I don't know how statistically significant or how many times they did it and, and all that stuff, but... I mean, you, you can kind of picture that. Like, if you had to sit there and not cuss or you got to cuss, you know you could make it longer in the cold water. Hey, you know well, my could. my wife's, I would like to contribute to this news story. My wife's uh, gynecologist actually told us that it's scientifically proven that the F word specifically does help relieve stress, uh, especially saying it out loud. It's really funny that she actually told my wife, she was like, uh, you know what? Um, sometimes when you're managing four kids and you, you're working, you're doing all this stuff, you deserve to be able to be a bitch at least once a week or something like Weird. that. Like she was trying to encourage it. But anyway, bottom line is she said that uh, one time she turned around, she remembers when her kids were young, one time she turned around in the car and <laughs> basically said something like, Shut the f up, or like just to her, you little kids. Like, yeah, I feel a lot better. 
That's a really weird. I think you need a second opinion and maybe a new gyno for your family. Uh, yeah. That's, there's a, a couple. I think that's, a, I mean, I like cussing and all, but I think that sounds a little nutty. But I, <laughs> I, uh, ha, I, I had a cuss. I've heard Georgia cuss a couple times because she's picked it up from us. At oh, no. Already? Um, she walked My in the kids house. don't cuss. Well, Georgia walked in the house yesterday and she said, she said, what the hell? And I said, <laughs> I said, what did she say? And she said, what the heck? <laughs> no way. I know that doesn't sound right, but that's exactly. Uh, maybe oh, I don't know if she. Lord. I don't think she knew the difference, hell or heck. But she's heard us say both, and she just maybe repeat. I don't think she was correcting herself. There's no way she can comprehend it on that level. But here's the funny thing: is I remember the first time my dad cussed in front of me. Um, and so basically Georgia was also being a jerk to Bridget pretty bad the other night. And I looked at her and said, Georgia, don't be an ass to your mother. I said that to her. Yeah. Um, but she, I don't even think she really know what I was saying, but I really did say I was just kind of kidding. And then it hit me and this is dead true story. The first time I ever heard my dad cuss, I was eight years old and he was really frustrated. He was going out on a Wednesday night, which was his poker night. And obviously I was misbehaving or being difficult. He was just trying to get out of the house to go hang out with his buddies. And he he looked at me as irritated as he can look. He said, Matt, don't be an ass to your mother, he said. And I was <laughs> devastated. I'd never heard my dad cuss before, and he said ass, or he called me an ass. Whatever it was, it was the hugest deal in the world to me. And Because I never heard him cuss, and when he did, it was when he had lost his temper and was trying right. you know, at me. I think it's better to just say that. So it, she's not going to be 10 years old the first time she hears me say that because I think that's okay. Do right. you know what I mean? So yeah. she, I say that to her when she's a two-year-old, and it's not that bad, and it's not. it didn't contain a bunch of energy or negativity or anything like that. So I intend to say some cuss words around Georgia in order to desensitize her and make her aware of this is the way adults talk, this is the way my dad talks, this is the way the people talk. It's not the, the biggest deal in the world. So yeah. I told Georgia, yes, I said, uh, you know, now you can be used to that word if I say it. You think yeah, that's real some, bad? There's some words. Like, well, no, I don't. Like, I, I haven't really cussed. I mean, I try not to cuss around my kids. I'm sure I have. I know I have. But um, I do say stuff like, we'll, we'll joke around and I'll call them poopy butts or something like that. And then I, I actually have had a conversation, especially with Ruby, my oldest. I just said, hey, listen, sometimes it's okay to say this in the right situation, but you have to be aware. I said, if you said this at school, you, you will get in trouble. Mm -hmm. you know, I said, there are places that you can say stuff, and there are other places you can't. And until you can figure those out, do not say that word. Uh, you know, Poopy and, and they're going to, yeah. And so, which I think is funny. I actually really enjoy that word. I oh, yeah. call them poopy butt sometimes and say stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, uh, to me, I, I, no matter what, for sure. The reason why cuss words are used then is because I think that's just the the best thing. It's it's way better uh, it, saying "darn it" or "dang it" is just a less version of it yep. than "damn it." Well, and I so mean, why why not just go for it? And when you stub your toe or almost get an accident, like shouldn't sure. your but, kids kind of know the way that you really do talk? Because my dad, in it, I mean, now I know understand what he talks like. He talks actually pretty dirty, but he hid it from me. In my opinion, he hid it from me for like ten years of my life. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's good. Uh, I, I don't think so either because then when you get older, then it's like uncomfortable. Right. My dad did the same thing. My same dad thing only sex talk. He was really mad. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, you're exactly right. So when I'm older, then it's uncomfortable, even though it shouldn't be. I don't care. He doesn't really care, but we we never bridge that gap, and so that's what's really. Tough. And it's not because it's bad. Because it's, I'm sorry for the tangent here, but it's not because it's yeah. bad. It's the same with sex. Sex isn't bad. We know it's not bad, but parents don't talk about it in front of their kids, and it gets weird. But it's only weird because you don't talk about it when they're two, five, and seven. 
And then yeah. all of a sudden, sometime when you're 16, you realize your parents have a sexual life and vocabulary. And now the world, I just, I don't understand that. So I do have kids now, and I do am making the effort to try to be what I would say is as authentic as I can be, even in front of them. I know there might be some consequence, yeah. and I maybe hadn't thought it through, but it's where I'm at as of today. I do want to know, like Joey has all the questions that he wants to answer when he gets to heaven. When I get to heaven, I want to know how many people's last word was a cuss word. Like I, I just want to, like, like, you think it's a, I, I almost think it might be a majority. Think yeah, about the entire yeah. history of the world. It, you know, it wouldn't be, they're not, I'm not talking about just English. It could be any language. You know what I mean? Like, for sure, I bet majority, their last word was shit. <laughs> All right, Joey, drop those names on them. Uh, I don't have any names, man. No names are left. We've pretty much, Given all the names of uh, BC Club, it's been like over 500. So uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come and stay tuned. But I do want to thank uh, Ann Giordini, or let me try that again. Giordini, <laughs> G, G, R. How do you say her last name, man? I She's think I would say Giordina. Giardina, yeah, that's right. That's an A, Giardina. Yeah. And uh, Taylor Atkins for all your hard work and taking care of the club. And we really do want to thank you guys in the BC yeah. Club. I hung out it, with, I saw awesome. and met and hung out with Ann uh, the other night at the Vocal Few show in Seattle on their last one. So, oh, yeah. We all had them there, but we saw them in Seattle here. So, Ann was there and Reva and you know, McDonald, Dan Coke was there. It was fun. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, y'all here, uh, someone gave us a really cool compliment. I don't, I don't know what I think about this because our roster isn't that big. And I did want to ask you guys uh, a music question as we wrap up here. But, uh, like, someone said that we're kind of the new tooth and nail as far as they would buy anything that we release just because of the integrity of the label and not necessarily putting, you know, faith in the bands. That, that, that was actually out. Matt that said that. I said okay. that, yeah. Well, and I no, stand well, by it. Yeah, well, me too. There was somebody else that said that. But my question is, Tooth & Nail definitely signed bands with no proven street cred or no success because obviously social media wasn't even a thing back then, so you couldn't even determine whether or not a band could build steam like that. But they were they had to be more risk-takers. At any point, do you think we need to do that? What are you doing? That's all I can hear. Right now. <laughs> okay, cool. Sorry. All right. Well, let's get. Sorry, to... that's all I could hear. I'm not being rude or sinful. I'm trying to just. I'm just telling you the facts. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You need to go get your hearing check it out. Checked out. Well, remember, we were in college and we were in the calf. <laughs> I think they were they were serving they were serving fried chicken and macaroni and cheese. I walk out. And I see chocolate milk or white milk. Jared. All right. Well, anyway, our BC interview today is with Jeff Schoff. And uh, I did Jeff's wedding. Him and Mallory got married few weeks ago in Delaware, is able to meet him face-to-face. -face, what did you say that was Jack Hoff? <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Jack Hoff? Uh, let's proceed with the interview. What was his name? <laughs> I did, I'm sorry. You go ahead and say it. What? Go ahead. I thought his name was Jack Hoff. What is it? Yeah. You didn't tell me. It's Jeff Schaff. Jeff Schaff. Okay. <laughs> oh, I totally I yeah. blew that one. <laughs> My bad. 
is next week Hugh Jass or not? <laughs> Hugh Jass. Are you doing that one? Next? Okay, let's get to it. <laughs> so, Jeff, the million-dollar question, man. Did I totally or am I screwing you guys with horrible premarital advice? Uh, what do you mean? Like, it, are, are you guys going to make it despite my horrible counsel? I think we're going to try. I mean, <laughs> despite your best efforts to ruin our relationship, we're going to try. No, it really is. It really is cool because, um, like, I, I guess I've only had two, two or three people ask me this since. And I told Jeff, I think we talked about this on the podcast, but I told Jeff when he reached out initially saying, hey, you know, maybe a long shot, but would you be able to do premarital counseling, married, uh, you know, do the ceremony and all that stuff? My immediate deal is, okay, if this dude's serious, I need to figure this out right now and go ahead and tell him what I will expect from them, the time commitment, the money commitment as far as, you know, me traveling out there and, um, you know, doing the ceremony and all that stuff. And uh, Jeff military guy straight shooter understood why i was asking him all these questions right away because bottom line is a lot of people ask that and it just seems like a neat idea you know right but uh it was really cool because you know you guys were kind of at a place to where you were you know in transition with a home church and kind of felt like you know there wasn't a go-to person for you so yeah it's been awesome man it's been good getting to know you and miss zappa um yeah. I think you mentioned Jeff in a past episode, didn't you, about someone reaching out to you? Am I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lincoln? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been a, a while back. So. Yeah, that was, a, that was pretty cool, though. Yeah. How's yeah. your weekend been so far? Good. Just busy, man. I actually was just rushing to finish washing the car, and uh, I just walked in the house like three minutes ago to finally Sweet. get on all of you guys. Sweet. How's Good. Mallory? How about you, man? Good. Good. How's Mallory? Good. Yep. Good. Yeah. Taking care of the dog right now, keeping her occupied so she doesn't bug the shit out of me right now. So. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, what branch of the military are you in? Um, I'm Army. Okay, awesome. Yeah, he, I was actually, when we started doing our counseling with Joey, I was actually in Africa on a deployment. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and on his deployment, he had to kill 125 people. That Congrats. Crazy? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor. Taylor was wrong, man. <laughs> Uh, wow, that's awesome. There's my first edit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Jeff, Taylor's actually about to die right now uh, <laughs> with the most messed up stomach, nausea, fever, and all that stuff. So uh, awesome. you may be a tough-ass Army dude, but he's a tough-ass BC club director forging through with all these interviews, man. So, Well, I think he, he's got to be pretty tough to deal with all y'all shit, too. So. <laughs> uh, well, the last interview we did was nothing but food talk, so if we can... <laughs> Spare that. I'd appreciate it yeah. this time. I'm fine with that because I'm not. I'm actually. I'm on the topic of beer right now. I'm drinking a Not Your Father's Root Beer. Oh, sweet. sweet! I can do liquid. There you go. All right, so Jeff, my my old friend, my buddy, we're continuing with the tradition here, and that is the BC Big Three. So three questions coming your way. Got to be a straight sh- uh, shooter with us. No passing. No, I refuse to answer that question. You obviously can, but then we're going to kick you out of the club which means we won't be able to accept your money anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that happening. Well, you got to try to kick me out once already. So. <laughs> All right. So first question, possibly the hardest one out of the three. If you had to strangle two 
his or her death a cartoon character, which one would it be? Mickey Mouse or Smurfette? Uh, for sure, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> okay, now tell us why. He just annoys the hell out of me. So I, you're saying you there's no have to about this. You would love to strangle Mickey Mouse. I'd, I'd be okay with it. I mean, you really wouldn't have to twist my arm much. Dang, Mickey Mouse, stay away from Jeff. Good Lord. Good Lord. I mean, he's just a happy little mouse trying to cheer people up. Yeah, I, um, I maybe. I think it's his voice, maybe. <laughs> I'm with Jeff on this one. I, I can't stand Mickey. <laughs> My mom would be so disappointed in that right now, but yeah. All right, so uh, I'm going to pass the baton here to uh, Taylor, but you're going to have to pretend like in the future you and Mallory have some kids. Now, with that imagination going on, Taylor, go for it. I'm actually even going to go a little off script. The question that we were going to ask you was, which bad Christian would you prefer to babysit your kid? I'm more interested in knowing... Who in a million years would you never let come close to babysitting your kid? <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty easy. That's got to be Toby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got to explain yourself, man. I well, so obviously, Joey, I trust you enough to actually marry us uh, in an official capacity, right? Uh, even though you hate dogs and like to kick them, and I love dogs, and you know, <laughs> but my dog would be able to take care of that if he tried. <laughs> but uh, you'll you'll find out in a month. But uh, then Matt, I think, is just a bit too level-headed to, you know, I, I wouldn't have anything to worry about him. He'd just go off on some rant about science-y things yeah. and <laughs> blow him off. Yeah, uh, you'd, come and home, to- you'd come home and your kid would be like, hey, that Matt guy talked about a lot of stuff that we didn't understand and it got kind of scary. Can you not get him again? <laughs> that would probably happen, but I would, I would at least not be concerned for their well-being. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna uh, I'm actually gonna take a detour as well from the question that I had established and and go a little serious because I want to tip our hats to our military and thank you. Um, you know, in my opinion, people do not have to agree with uh, the politics and government decisions of America to appreciate our soldiers and people that sacrifice their time. I mean, my gosh, you're away from the love of your life. Uh, for people like me and Taylor and everybody else. So thank you. And then, uh, so to keep on a serious note, um, how hard would it be to actually be uh, under attack and aim at real people and kill them if you haven't done that already? Um, it's something that I've thought about and contemplated a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've been in for... 10 and a half years uh, and uh, I was supposed to go to Iraq, supposed to go to Afghanistan and got booted off both of those deployments but I've had to face that realization a couple times, I mean just you know even with the last 12 month long deployment there was still the possibility there. Yeah. So um, yeah I mean I've had to mentally prepare myself to be able to do that and right. I, I don't see myself fa- failing uh, to to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, to arise yeah tough 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 stuff man for sure um well thanks man for supporting bc and also for protecting our country thanks man yeah man for sure Jeff. thank you so much as taylor is running to the trash can right now so i'm getting there it's about to happen (laughs) (laughs) all right jeff thanks thanks so much man your house joey what's that 
Are you guys both at your house? No, Taylor. Uh, he's, I'm he's deep in the heart of Texas. Texas. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thanks so much, man. All right, man. Good to talk to you. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yep. Sounds good, brother. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Another great interview. The regular Larry King we got there. Yeah. I love Jack Hoff. I thought his answers were really funny. <laughs> am I butchering his name again? No, I'm messing up. <laughs> what was his? Am I, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Am I missing something? It's Jeff Schaff. Oh, okay. Good God. I butchered that one again. <laughs> Next week's Hugh Jess. <laughs> okay. No, okay. 